Hey guys, it's Chris from Tap the Craft, and I wanted to say thank you for checking out our show. I also wanted to tell you about our sponsor, Brewer Shirts. At the forefront of the craft beer movement, Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. Never too trendy, always comfortable, and offering affordable quality. They screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Check out their online store at brewershirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTHECRAFT2020 to receive 15% off of full-priced items. Welcome, craft beer friends, to Season 8, Episode 1 of Tap to Craft Podcast. I am Denny Lewis, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the dog whisperer, and my favorite Florida man, also known as Drinking Eagle, from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Chris McKenzie. How you doing tonight, Chris? And of course, what is in your glass? So far, that Drinking Eagle thing has not gotten old yet. <laughs> Probably won't. Um, it, 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 it won't get old, especially in my mind. I've got a T-shirt design with a drinking eagle for for your mascot. So I, <laughs> I I hope I have enough time one day to make that a reality for you. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, this evening I'm doing pretty good. Um, had a long couple of days. Wait, today's only Monday. So I had a long day at work today. Yeah. It felt so long. It felt like two. Um, but in my glass tonight, and here's where. The, as I was told, the misrepresentation happened. I'm drinking a beer from Berry House Beer Company here in Tampa, Florida. It's their Crispy Crispy Boy Summer Series. <laughs> it is the uh, Bravo Ragazzo, and there is a German Shepherd okay. on this can, not Belgian, Amanda. Um, and this is, <laughs> let's see. How, how, can, one, you t- how can you tell... With that, with that can art, that it it wasn't a Belgian Malloy, Malloy's or whatever. Malinois. Malinois. Yeah, um, it's just because Matt Knight said, my glass is empty. I need to fill it. Um, <laughs> just the coloring on their head. So like with Cajun, for example, mm-hmm. this mask isn't there. More like their muzzle and their eyes are normally more black. Um, and he's all tan when it comes down to like his shoulders and stuff. So. Okay. But for the this novice, one, the novice wouldn't know, right? No, and it's a it's a running joke. Um, <laughs> I also do a car. I it's also a cartoon. I don't care if it's a cartoon, Amanda. Um, <laughs> she says it's also a cartoon, but no one tell Chris. I'm gonna have to like block her. She's getting really distracting. <laughs> but anyway, uh, this is a uh, Bravo Regazzo. This is a. Um, Oh, is this an Italian Pilsner? Italian oh. style Pilsner? Italian style Pilsner. Nothing's wrong with that. Uh, a no, Pilsner? clocking in at 5.2%. And uh, when I went there to pick it up, I believe they were using um, some some uh, English hops. So this is a little on the earthy side as far mm. as uh, the beers go. He's also still, so definitely not a Belgian. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so, but a uh, really good beer, uh, nice and... I know it's in a completely wrong glass, but like crystal clear. I mean, yeah. yeah. 
see my face through it. Uh, but crystal clear, nice and light. I had this and another beer uh, by the pool the other day. So perfect, uh, perfect beers to have right by the pool. So um, what about you, Denny? What's in your glass and how are you doing this evening? Well, let me talk about my glass first. I'm drinking some Iron Horse Brewing's Aloha mm. Death. This is a coconut variant of the Irish Quilter's Death. Just has a nice, subtle, roasted, toasted coconut in the finish. Not Nothing too heavy, not artificial. Doesn't, doesn't uh, taste like you're drinking what, uh, you know, uh, copper tone sun tan lotion smells like. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's good. Um, I, every so often this comes out. It's not around year round. I, I think they are making it a year round one, but I don't see it year round. I see it every few months it comes out. And so I grab a six pack and enjoy it. Uh, so it's a dark, it's a dark ale and we're having a dark ale later today. I thought I'd just stay with a dark trend. So that's why I went mm-hmm. with that. Now I do have a, a fly line, a Payette Brewings fly line Vienna lager as well. Uh, if we get talking too much on our main topic, I might pop that open before we do our tasting notes segment later on in the show. Okay. But yeah, that's, that's what I'm drinking. How am I doing? Man, I'm uh, a bit tired. Uh, if you, if, if anyone in the States or world doesn't know the, the Pacific Northwest is on fire. So, uh, or actually the whole West coast, I think California, Northern California, Oregon, Nevada, uh, they're all spewing smoke into my lungs right now. Mm. Uh, it's getting old. It's getting old really quick, but, uh, you know, it, it is what it is, but it irritates my sciences makes my, again, last week you probably heard I was a little bit nasally maybe maybe not but my nose gets plugged up with the smoke even in, inside doesn't matter it still weeps in and and it, it blocks my sinuses and my and i start to get kind of stuffed up and i get nasally or or stuffy so that's why if i sound a little bit different today that's, that's the reason why but i'm hoping that there's a storm coming through like right around now we've had some gusty winds and i think there's going to be some lightning striking in the air in the same areas that are on fire. So we'll probably have more fires. I might wake up and it's, you know, be like London fog outside. Mm. Matt Knight says the haze from the fire is here now. Really? In in New York? New All the way from right? over here? So those jet streams, man, there's jetting that stuff over there. Well, I'm sorry, mm. Matt. I, uh, I apologize for all those California. <laughs> well, fires. Denny inhaled it first. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, that yeah. makes it okay. I, I inhaled it and spit it back out. Now it's coming your way. But other than that, I'm doing good. I'm a little tired. I uh, having trouble sleeping because of the stuffiness. I, just, I wake myself up like choking on my, uh, my tongue because I'm breathing through my mouth. <laughs> you know, the uh, problems with uh, as you get old and, and have sensitive sciences, but it's okay. But uh, yeah, we're Matt, doing good. We're doing good. Matt said he didn't inhale. So uh, okay. Eric Gronley <laughs> said he's getting Canada fire haze in Minnesota okay. too. Okay. So yeah, Canada. Yeah, we, we'll get Canada. Because of the way the jet streams work here in, in our area, uh, we get a lot of stuff from north that comes down outside of the, the, the coastline and then down around lower California and into Nevada and then back up to us. So we'll get this jet stream that kind of like mm-hmm. whirlpools right into our area. So yeah, Canada likes to soak us with their fires as well. And in fact, we were, I think we were suffering from their fires before we had the California fires going. So bunch of filthy holders yeah, though. Yeah. 
All right, enough of that. Let's uh, let's get this show started. But before we get too deep into the content, I always want to let anyone new listening to this show know what Tap to Craft podcast is all about. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to let you, our listeners, know about uh, things that help you along in your craft beer journeys and adventures. And you're listening to episode 183. We are recording a week earlier than normal on Monday. July 19th, 2021. In fact, just one week after we recorded the last episode. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, we are going to discuss the history of Three Floyds Brewing. Now, you must ask yourself, what, why in the world are you talking about Three Floyds Brewing? Well, Three Floyds Brewing has been around for quite a while, 25 years to be exact. And they have made quite a name for themselves, uh, at least for the most part in the mid Midwest, but you know, you hear their name on all the coasts and maybe even around the world. And we're going to talk about why their name is out there, uh, you know, being popular and everything. But the reason why we're talking about this tonight is because again, we've been showcasing and doing tasting notes from beers that one of our listeners, William Schlemmer had sent both Chris and I. So we each had the same beers and he really treated us to a very nice, special, limited beer from Three Floyds. And that's the Three Floyds, uh, I, I, it's, it's Fook Winter, Finter, Fook, Fook Finter. Fook Finter. Fook Finter. But I think it's like a V sound in German. But I basically, mean. it's the F Winter. Uh, and this is a barrel-aged stout brewed with some lactose. And this is one of of only 200 what I think I wrote in the notes 202 bottles we, Chris and I each have one of those we have two of the 202 and William uh, was kind enough to send that to us and we're going to do a tasting note segment on that so that's what brought on showcasing Three Floyds Brewing tonight and of course you can count on Chris and I having some great beer conversation along the way uh, and before we get started on that, that more conversation, Chris and I just want to thank all of our Patreon supporters. This episode is brought to you in part by our satisfied Patreon supporters like Mike Allen, William Schlimmer, and Amanda and Kevin Argar. Our Argauer. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> I had so much trouble saying that. Argauer. Gower. <laughs> who are our virtual producers. And Tom Byrne, Jeff Seiler, Johan Halberg, Tara Carlson, Chad Lamassa, Mark Church, Matt Knight, and Kirk Tabor, who want to buy us a virtual beer. If you enjoy the content that we provide, we invite you to support the show by toasting your hosts or buying us a virtual beer or even being a virtual producer. You can explore the options on our support page by visiting patreon.com slash tap the craft. And we don't really have any feedback because we just released the show a couple of days ago. So we haven't had a lot of uh, interaction. So we won't have any listener questions or voicemail or anything like that. But if you do want to leave a voicemail, we re- we really encourage our listeners to pick up that phone, dial 208-536-3359 or 208-53-ODDLY and just leave us a voicemail, uh, a beer review, a little tasting notes of a beer you're drinking like Matt Knight did last episode or some, you know, uh, some questions you want us to ask or answer or just a little bit about what you enjoy about the show or dislike about the show. Hey, we love hearing from you and letting our listeners hear from you as well. And if you don't want to leave a voicemail, you can send your correspondence either through snail mail. No, 
not snail mail. That's not snail mail. That's uh, that's writing me. You can write me a letter. In fact, you know, we had Jeff Seiler wrote me this nice card. I I, I have this right here on my desk because I really I, I love uh, getting correspondence from our from our listeners. So if you do, send me an email at tapthecraft@gmail.com. And I'll send you my address to send me some snail mail. And that could be just a card, a letter, or a beer, like uh, William Slimmer did. Or on Twitter and Instagram, at Tap to Craft. And, of course, visit our Facebook page at, tap to, at facebook.com slash tap to craft. Uh, you know, but right now we're, we're doing this show live on Facebook. And we try to do that every time we record on the Monday before the show releases. So if you feel like it, jump on Facebook and watch us. Uh, and and see me uh, make a fool of myself on video if you if you want to see that in person, and we do have a website. Tap the craft podcast website is tapthecraft.com. Okay, Chris. Now let's get this conversation started because now it's time to untap the craft and see what our listeners are drinking according to Untapped. So remember, guys, if you want us to read your beer check ins. This one's a little different this week because, like Denny said, we're we're doing it uh, about a week early. So if you want us to read your check-ins, make sure you are following me on Untapped at MCK1345. And the first beer that we're going to talk about is going to be – there's a long list, so i got to read the really good ones. So uh, Matt Knight, we're going to start with you, buddy. Your Red Wing Red Ale by Rohrbach Brewing Company. He said he missed a check-in from last night. Oh, so this doesn't even count. This is a... <laughs> Next one. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, missed a check-in from last night. A nice standard textbook red ale while playing Psychonauts. Uh, four and a quarter caps for that beer. Um, let's see. Next on the list. Like I said, there's a lot of them, but we got to make sure we get some good ones in there. Now, this one doesn't have any... Uh, ratings but it's from the gnarly gnome and it's yeah. a beer that i have in my fridge that i really want to drink soon uh it's astronaut food blackberry and raspberry by urban artifact and he said i found a can of this tucked away in the back of the fridge and it's just as insane as i remember big fruit with a little harsh snap to it bold is the best way to describe it really really wild stuff <laughs> um next on the list one of my favorite beers from Corporate Ladder. My buddy Stephen Brown is drinking the Dessert Station Intangible by Corporate Ladder Brewing Company. He gave that a five cap rating for that beer, and I believe I did also. Um, let's see. John WC is drinking an I Can Teach Blue 2021 by Saucy Brew Works. He's drinking that at Burger King. I sure hope nice. you are, buddy. I sure hope you are. Uh, great blueberry aroma, good creamy vanilla with nice blueberry and raspberry. Then an interesting lemon finish. Uh, four and a quarter caps for that beer. Um, next on the list is going to be William Schlemmer is drinking in a Troubadour West Coast. West Coast. It's K-U-S-T. <laughs> uh, by, by Brewery the Musketeers at Cafe Hollander. Very good black ipa smooth and rich four cap rating on that one um let's see who is next on the list jeff seiler drinking a mosaic af by southern pines brewing company delicious hazy ipa tropical and crushable solid four cap rating for that beer 
Uh, I checked into a couple of things because I slacked off and didn't do it. <laughs> um, continuing his check-in streak, Mr. Chad Lamasa is drinking a black currant red raspberry by Charm City Mead Works. So this tastes more like wine, which according to the label is what they were going for. So good job with that. The currant and raspberry flavors are there and a cool bottle, 3.75 rating on that beer. Uh, moving on up to Stephen Brown again is drinking a peach brandy barrel age French toast by Angry Chair Brewing Company. Oh, too I much. don't know. <laughs> that's too much. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a little over the top. He gave it four and three quarter caps rating on that one. Um, followed by the apple brandy barrel aged french toast by angry chair that one he gave a five cap rating to so steven i'd be i'd be curious enough to see what the quarter cap rating difference was in those beers um he must be doing a bottle share because the next one he had was a beer by hidden springs called eternal nightmares which he gave a four and a half cap rating to um art warcheck is drinking a daisy cutter pale ale by mm. half acre beer company stove pipe can classic Four and a quarter caps for that beer. Um, moving on up the list, JC is drinking a process control by Southern Bri- Southern Grist Brewing Company. Four cap rating for that one. And mm-hmm. Mike Allen drinking a cruise by Halfway Crooks Beer Company. Four cap rating for that. Everybody's getting a little bit of everything. Stephen Brown, you're checking into all kinds of nonsense. You're definitely at a bottle share. Um, going on up the list. Uh, John WC again. You just hit great or gate G8. You just hit G8 gate by missing Mountain Brewing Company. Super sugary, sweet pineapple with decent coconut. Almost way too sweet and medicinal. Yet he still gave it a four cap rating, <laughs> which uh, that is the end of my list with a little refresh. And Matt Knight is drinking a Barbarian Haze by Three Floyds Brewing Company. Oh, nice. uh, and he gave it a four cap rating and wrote simply, it's good. No, I'm sorry. Didn't even put the S. It good is what he wrote in there. And that's what everybody is drinking. All right. Well, you know what? I really appreciate that Matt Knight decided to open up a Three Floyds beer just because we're talking about Three Floyds tonight. So that was really nice of him to do that. I hope hope he's really enjoying that. All right, Chris. Well, you know what? We busted through that first part of the show pretty quick. Now it is time for the Brew Buzz. And the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics. And as I already mentioned, this week we will be discussing the history of Three Floyds Brewing and as along with 12 things that you should know about them. Why 12? Because I found an article that lists 12 things that you should know about Three Floyds. So why not share them? Seemed like interesting, uh, you know, interesting thing to talk about. So I did find information on Three Floyds, uh, not on their website, because they don't have any, much of anything about themselves on their website. At least I couldn't get, I couldn't figure it out on their webpage because I'd click on something and it didn't take me anywhere. So I had to go find interviews and stuff from other sources to get that get the nitty gritty of their history. So I, there's three articles that I pulled from. Uh, one is called "Strange Brew: The Story of Three Floyd's Success." This was found on the Indianapolis Monthly website, written by Douglas Wissing. Uh, the twelve things you should know about Three Floyd's found on Vine Pair website, written by Claire Goggin uh, Sivitz. 
And then Midwest Metal, in closing Munster Brew Pub, Three Floyds commits itself to growth as a regional producer, found on Good Beer Hunting website, written by Kate Bernat. And that's just kind of a, a article that we're not going to, I didn't go too deep in. If you, I'll have the link on there. You can read it in detail. But it just talks about the change that they're, they, they just did at the end of 2020 um, concerning uh, their brew pub and how they're focusing on being a regional producer and distributor. All right, so we'll start off with, with learning a little bit about the history of Three Floyds Brewing. So Three Floyds Brewing, it's located in Munster, Indiana, was founded by three members of the Floyd family, founded by brothers Nick and Simon Floyd, along with their father, Michael. Three Floyds opened in Hammond, Indiana, in 1996. Their first beers were brewed on a system they describe as a Frankenstein, Located in an old brick building across from the fire department, the brewery produced its early batches in a rig that was basic to the point of rusticity. Rusticity. It's very rustic, I think. (laughs) (laughs) It combined a Canfield's cola tank with wok burners and Swiss cheese fermenters salvaged from a scrapyard in Wisconsin. So... I mean that's yeah, that that sounds pretty Frankenstein that, that, to me. That's definitely Frankenstein. So they didn't they didn't start off. I mean again, this is twenty five years ago, and you, I think a lot of these early brewers were were starting. I mean, I, I say early now. Twenty five years is not as early as some of these other breweries, but still twenty five years is a long time. But they started off with what they could find, and obviously these guys were on a tight budget, and they had access to gear and equipment that. They could transform into what they needed to to survive and, and make their beer. So in 2000, they opened a larger manufacturing facility in Munster, Indiana. In 2005, they opened a brew pub in downtown Munster. And in December 2020, they permanently closed the brew pub to focus on regional production and distribution of their packaged products. And yes, the COVID pandemic uh, and the shift in brewery business models did prompt this decision to uh, the close a relatively small brew pub. Now, in the article, again, you can read it in full if you want. Uh, I'll, I'll have a link to it. But pretty much that brew pub took a lot of people to to manage it, and it only could handle you know seventy to eighty people inside. So, um, you know, they they made a decision that it was best to spend their resources and time uh, doing other things than, than the brew pub. So. It's kind of sad. I, I would have loved to have gone and, and visited that before they closed it down, but I guess yeah. I won't be visiting Three Floyds anytime soon. <laughs> okay, so, um, so the brewery it has made a name for itself over the last twenty five years with extreme beers that rarely use extreme ingredients. So, Chris, why don't you go ahead and carry on and talk about how they got experience in craft brewing. So I want to just read a quick comment from Eric Gronley. He said, Todd Haig, who helped make Surly Brewing over in Minneapolis, uh, he helped make what it is today, left for Three Floyds in 2016 or so. His beer he made, Surly's Todd the Axeman, is still such an amazing beer and an OG before all of the Juicy Haze craze. Oh. He is a legend. Yeah. So nice. Thank said. you, Eric, for that, yeah. that uh, input. Appreciate that. Uh, so part of Nick Floyd's beer education came during his travels around Europe in the 1980s when he visited breweries in France, Belgium, and Germany. 
In the early 90s, there were brief brewing stints at the Wine Keller, uh, a German-style brew pub in the suburb of Chicago, and the Florida Brewery in Auburndale, Florida, where he brewed on a 300-barrel system for the U.S. and Caribbean markets. In 1991, Nick studied at Chicago's Seibel Institute of Technology, America's oldest brewing school, to accredit his own, I'm sorry, to accredit his on-the-job experience. But long before he began his formal training, he enjoyed a head start. Quote, Nick started secretly brewing in high school, mm-hmm. end quote, says Michael, who seems to not have been fooled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, so I've heard... I listen to a lot of different interviews or a lot of people in, in the brewing industry and, and breweries are coming up even now recently, even, you know, within five or 10 years ago, I'm hearing more and more people uh, for whatever reasons broke into brewing beer in high school or quickly into college based on, you know, whatever reason. And so it's just interesting that he was one of the ones that for, for whatever reason decided to, to jump in and and brew in high school. I mean, he I had mean, a passion yeah. early on. Well, how many people do you ever hear this? Oh, yeah, I got into home brewing when I was in high school. Yeah. <laughs> no, normally, Nick's- normally it happens when you're helping your 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 dad out, right? Or, or you know, who or an uncle or some family right, member. Right. That's how usually how it would start out. I would think so. All right, Nick Floyd's creative spark, he says, comes from traveling and trying other people's beer. Not to mention his creative heroes, movie maker Stanley Kubrick, Dungeons and Dragons creator Gary Gygax, and Genghis Khan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pick up a six-pack of Three Floyds, and those influences leap off the bottles. Wrapped with quirky D&D meets mad cartoonist labels, they are visual magnets. They very much are. Uh, names like Zombie Dust, Gumball Head, Laser Snake, and Dreadnought adorn beers that run the gamut from goofy, fuzzy cartoon characters to bloodied horror villains and steel-plated barbarians. You could picture Arnold Schwarzenegger playing in an 80s movie. All of them packing a punch of aggressive hops not expected in mid uh, from Midwestern brewer, uh, brewers. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean beer fans aren't extremely aware of them. In fact, many are clamoring to find them since distribution is limited to a handful of states. Dark Lord, the brewery's cult-inspiring Russian imperial stout, sells out so quickly on the day it's released, it doesn't even ever make it to bars or bottle shops. Yeah. And their distribution footprint is very small. It was just before 2020, I believe, it was like eight states. And I think in 2020, they now added New Jersey and New York as well to their distribution. So, I mean, I guess they're slowly moving further and further out. But, man, I would, I have to rely on our, our great listeners sending us beer. And, and that's how I've gotten all my uh, – everything I've had from – Three Floyds has been provided to me, um, you know, by listeners, which is great. Mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate that. Okay, so now that's the history behind Three Floyds Brewing. Now let's get into the, you know, some maybe some more obscure things. You know, twelve things about Three Floyds Brewing that you should know. This is again taken from an article. So uh, they had the uh, the luck to interview these guys and and get all this uh, little nitty-gritty stuff you were going to talk about here. So I'll start it off with, a, I'll do the first th- three. I'll let you go do three. We'll just go back, or 
Yeah, three, 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 three. Go for it. When you stop, I'm just going to take over. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Three Floyds is hard to come by. Three Floyds is located in a suburban town about 27 miles outside Chicago. And its beer is available in just seven states. Okay, so it's seven states. Now I think it's nine. I think, okay. Despite this, Three Floyds is the biggest or the largest brewery in the state of Indiana and one of the top craft breweries in the country. In 2018, it appeared on the Brewers Association list of top 50 brewing companies, craft brewing companies, at number 39. When the most recent list was released in 2020, the brewery moved up to number 31, edging out Gordon Bursk Brewing. And in August 2020, Three Floyds announced it would expand distribution to New York. So there you go. That's kind of what I just kind of mentioned. Uh, it's Here's the next one. It's been ranked the best brewery in the world five times. Each year, Rate Beer, which is a website, we've talked about Rate Beer on early uh, shows, uh, releases a list of the best breweries in the world as ranked by fans' reviews on its website. In 2007, 2009, 2010, 11, and 12, Three Floyds earned the top spot on that list. In 2008, it slipped to second place behind uh, Destrus, a small Belgian brewer also known for its extreme beer styles. In the years since, Three Floyds has regularly appeared on consumer lists. On Untapped, Three Floyds ranks in the top 20 regional breweries in the U.S., and its Zombie Dust Pale Ale stands as one of the top-rated beers on Beer Advocate at number 36 out of 250, with over 10,000 ratings. It's pretty safe to say people really like Three Floyds. So here's, here's what's interesting. Um, again, I've talked about how the craft beer industry has changed. And even since this mm-hmm. podcast has been going on seven straight years now, every two weeks, in seven years, the craft beer scene has changed drastically. And there's a lot more competition. There's a lot more breweries out there. There's a lot more beer being produced locally that is really good. So people don't need to just rely on a small handful of these superstar breweries to get, get good quality beer. So it's no, it's not surprising that they held this rain during a short period of time. And then from 2012 on, they, you know, they haven't been named that because there's other breweries that have stepped in and uh, not to say that they're not producing great beer. It's just that in a smaller market where there wasn't that much competition, they were standouts for sure. But now that we've got, 8,000 breweries out there, um, you know, it's harder to be number one um, with that many breweries out there. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's definitely one of those, it's almost like the, um, we were talking about, uh, what were we talking about? Like, um, oh, crap, the word, like the, we talked about the beers. They were like, um, you know, we were talking about Pliny the Elder, mm-hmm. Pliny the Younger, and, um yeah, your uh, your cult beers. Yeah, that's what it was. That's uh, that's definitely one of those beer, mm-hmm. one of those breweries that puts out some yeah. some good cult beers, so, especially that that uh, Dark Lord. Yeah, so I, I haven't had Dark Lord yet. I do want to eventually that's on my bucket list. I will also say that um, re- really, I haven't been let down by Three Floyds yet. Everything that I've had from them. Um, has been really good, and I, it wasn't overhyped. Mm. Uh, I mean, I, I've enjoyed all of them. You know, Gumball Head, 
Yeah. Uh, zombie dust. Zombie dust lived up even with all the stuff we have, you know, now it's still a, mm-hmm. a good solid beer. Uh, Alpha King. Yeah. I think those are the ones. Well, according to uh, Three Floyds' uh, website, they're current currently distribu- uh, distributing in 18 states what? right now. No, 18 they went? According, according to their website right now. Wow. So they really are focused on regional. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Indiana, Illinois, Kentucky, uh, uh, Kentucky, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Maine, Maryland, Minnesota, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Tennessee, Virginia, Vermont, Wisconsin, and Washington, D.C. Okay. Wow. Yeah, they just expanded since December. So that article was written in December that said they were going to focus on regional. So even there, they they uh, increased it. Uh, they doubled it. Or, they done focus. Yeah. Well, good. <laughs> Maybe it'll yeah. even grow more, and I'll get it here in Boise, right? One day. <laughs> one then, day. you know, one the novelty day. will wear off really fast. Yeah, then, one day. All right. All right. So um, let me see. Uh, I'll do one more and let you go, Chris. So why okay. Indiana? Because it was cheap. When Three Floyds Brewing first opened in 1996, it operated out of an old auto garage. According to Nick Floyd, 5,000 square feet cost him $500 a month in rent in Indiana. That's why wow. he opened the brewery in a small town 30 miles outside of Chicago. God, I wish my place was that cheap. Jeez. <laughs> Alan Kaspar said, Howdy, fellas. Enjoying a wonderful golden monkey by victory as I sit and enjoy some craft tapping. Um, yeah, I, I wish my space was that cheap. Let's just say that. Uh, three Floyd's beers have bite. Alpha King, the brewery's flagship beer, came to life as a homebrew concoction in Nick Floyd's basement. The best beers come out of your basement. (laughs) Uh, The the beer exemplifies the brewery's philosophy on brewing. Extreme without breaking the rules of of the German beer law, which says beer can only be made with four standard ingredients. So while brewers only use hops, barley, water, and yeast to craft Alpha King, this American pale ale still features an over-the-top citrus snap hidden just behind the caramel malt flavors. According to Nick Floyd, when the beer first arrived in Chicago bars, guests would send it back because they thought it was too hoppy. I mean, I could see that. When was that? Back in 96, did they specify? Either way, but uh, Three Floyd's beer is brewed in and with heavy metal. Well, heavy metal and fantasy themes weave through everything the brewery does, from the design on the bottles, which featured armored humanoids, crown skulls, and other menacing scenes, each created by local artists credited on the brewery's website, mm. to bring and even to bring. Uh, geez can't read uh to brewing and even the events hosted at the brewery the heavy metal influence is clear nick floyd along with longtime employee barnaby struve and brewmaster chris bogus are heavy into the heavy metal scene they listen to bands like slayer and black sabbath while they brew according to bogus i can imagine uh, just stirring that yeah. uh, wart like <laughs> Heavy. I don't know. As Slayer and Black <laughs> Sabbath. Mm, I can see Slayer. I don't know if I would call Black Sabbath heavy metal. It's kind of on that edge. Maybe. Okay. 
But what do I know? Um, the, the fermentation tanks at Three Floyds Brewing are like members of the team and each gets its own name. Some of them were named for fantasy or sci-fi works like Blood Gorgon from the miniature war game Warhammer 40,000 and Prometheus inspired by the Ridley Scott movie. The tank named C5 even features an illustration of Conan the Barbarian's sword. Hmm. That was pretty cool. It's extremely collaborative. And since 2010, Three Floyds Brewing has collaborated with heavy metal bands to craft unique beers. The Creeper, a Doppelbach that came out in 2010, was brewed with the band Pelican to celebrate their 10th anniversary. Beers have also been crafted with help from Mastodon, Skeleton, Sw- Skeleton Witch, Exodus, and Am- 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 Amarath. Those are probably a little more heavy metal because I can't (laughs) pronounce them. Uh, The connection to music is so strong for Three Floyds that it even worked with a record store in Chicago called Reckless Records. All right. I'll I'll, I'll do a little bit. I'll do a few here, too, and let you get back here. So Wizardry is behind Three Floyds' Wicked Brews. Alongside the bassassery of brewing extreme beers... Regular Dungeons & Dragons games at Nick Floyd's house also help shape the brewery's style and ethos. Characters used in beer label designs, as well as names of beers, have a dungeon mastery ring to them. The Demon Knight grimacing on the Alpha King label, for example, or Barbarian Haze IPA, which has a hint of Conan the Barbarian to it. Nick Floyd even refers to himself as a Wizard Metal CEO. Translation, extremely geeky CEO. So Three Floyds also has a sweet side. While Three Floyds generally held to traditional brewing ingredients, the brewers broke the mold when they developed Dark Lord, a Russian imperial stout brewed with coffee, Mexican vanilla, and Indian sugar. Nick Floyd got the idea for the beer after hearing about a nearby brewery that repeatedly won awards for its barrel-aged brews. He knew he could do better according to Three Floyds lore and, well, he was right. I wonder what that brewery was. <laughs> Jeremy Garrison uh, stopping in to say hi. He's at Loose Screw. Oh, Denver, nice. Having a Huey Hog, uh, New England Hazy IPA. All right. Cheers, Jeremy. Thanks for uh, dropping in. Enjoy the beer out there in, uh, in, in the new, uh, the new home of namesake. Loose Screw Brewing. Yeah, with your namesake, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's spelled just a little bit different. I, I mean, it's spelled incorrectly. If they spelled it like That's yours, right. it would be correct. That's right. All right, and one one last one for me here. Every Dark Lord has its day. After it was first brewed in 2002, Dark Lord grew in popularity immediately. By 2004, the brewery was hosting an event at the beer's release date, and fans from all over the country traveled to the brewery to get their own bottle. Dark Lord Day evolved into a festival that brought together thousands of beer fans with a lineup of heavy metal bands and breweries across the country, such as Burial Beer, Half Acre Beer, and True Brewing. The event grew so large that in 2011, Three Floyds capped the number of tickets sold at 6,000. Wow. That's a lot. (laughs) There's magic powder in zombie dust, or is that, or is those, Jesus. You said, hey, I'm going to get on here and make a fool out of myself. And now look what's happening. Mm-hmm. There's magic powder in zombie dust, or is those citra hops? <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm just reading it. That's, it's, that's that. what it says. Are those citra hops? Yeah. 
<laughs> or is those citra hops okay okay i'm stuck on that one i probably won't be able to sleep tonight uh when it first arrived in 2010 zombie dust offered something beer geeks weren't entirely familiar with yet a big citra hop sting mm. the beer a single hop pale ale that featured both the fruity and bitter qualities of citra took advantage of a brand new hop Citra only became commercially available to breweries in 2007, and prior to Zombie Dust, no one had really used it to its full potential. Three Floyds knew what to do. Mm. <laughs> like it often does, Three Floyds drew out the bitter notes of the hop, but cut the intensity with the fruity notes as well. Add to that a collaboration with comic book pros, and the beer caught the attention of not only beer geeks, but comic geeks too. This only added to the beer's popularity, inspiring all geeks to hunt zombie dust down whenever they could find it. So, yeah, I was I was one of those people. Yeah, so, of course, I couldn't get Three Floyds back in 2010, but I was also a huge fan of the Citra hop when it, when it mm. came out on the scene, and it, I just drank everything with Citra. I still love Citra. Even, I mean, still, if I see a beer that has Citra in it, I know I'm going to enjoy it because it just, you know, has some great flavor, so... Yeah, and and zombie dust definitely, it's uh, it's a tasty, tasty beer. Yeah, you finally did get to have one of those, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I've got the can right there. <laughs> Three Floyd's distills spirits too. An expansion that began in 2014 included a five-story distillery that would allow Three Floyd's to take the long-awaited step of making whiskey. For years, Nick Floyd had wanted to distill the grains of Three Floyd's beers, including Dark Lord. By 2016, longtime brewer Abby Titcom was training to become the head distiller. When the distillery officially opened in June of 2019, it was serving up not normal spirits, including gin, rum, and aquavit. The lineup also included a whiskey not yet aged in barrels. Eventually, the aged versions of that whiskey, which is aged 17 months in barrels, would be released to fans as well. Mm. Among the other not normal off offerings, Boost Head, Aquavit, combines distilled grains with a bit of spice, caraway seeds, dill, fennel, and cinnamon, and Witchvich gin <laughs> puts a twist on the traditionally juniper spirit with the addition of ginger and peppercorn. Now, that, I'm not like a big gin person, but that sounds pretty I, good. Yeah, I'm a huge gin person. And yes, uh, the ginger and peppercorn does sound very intriguing to me. The the caraway, dill, fennel, and cinnamon, not so much. <laughs> I mean, not that I have a problem with those those uh, spices, but I just, yeah, it doesn't quite hold my interest as much as the, yeah, the, the juniper and the... Uh, uh, and ginger mm -hmm. peppercorn. I, I mean, the, the the more juniper in a gin, the, the happier I am. I love big, bold juniper flavor. So yeah, um, I think this is fascinating that they decided to. Now, now here's something. I, I, I mean, it says that he wanted to use the grains from the Three Floyd's beers to help produce this, you know, this uh, distilled spirits, but. I, I mean, I'm curious on how that works because I know that good quality distilled spirits, um, you know, it, you have to you, you have to start off with a big uh, amount of, of 
of grain bill or, you know, to get those sugars out. And then you, mm-hmm. you cut a lot, right? And, and if you make a really good quality, you know, uh, spirit, you end up only with like 30% of what you started with in, in fluid and stuff. And mm-hmm. it just seems like those spent grains, I, I wouldn't see how they would give out as, you know, what you need to, to be able to, uh, you know, to produce that, that alcohol. So it's interesting. I need to read up on, on how they do that. If they just use some of those grains in along with other grains as well. I mean, I think they'd have to some, some other material to get that sugar content. Okay. Who knows? You can go ahead and finish the last one. Okay. Three Floyds has a comic book. Friends of the brewery, Brian Azzarello, happens to be a veteran comic book writer. He created the noir-style comic 100 Bullets and wrote a run of Wonder Woman during his time in the comics world. In 2018, he teamed up with Nick Floyd and Simon Bisley, a British illustrator with an appropriately metal style to create a comic book inspired by three Floyd's beers. The story follows an Indiana brewer, sound familiar, who transforms into Alpha King in an alternate reality and takes on a villain by the name of Rice King. <laughs> That's good. The, the tongue-in-cheek humor pits the hero against a warlord who represents big macro breweries. They use a lot of rice in their beers. It's accompanied by pretty gory illustrations and there may be even a follow-up comic with a new writer mm-hmm. yeah yeah that i need to find this uh, comic book for one thing i do appreciate the artwork of uh oh he i was thinking he was the artist uh azarello but maybe he was a writer but i thought he did artwork never mind i know i've heard the name brian azarello before i ha- might have some of his stuff but I was thinking he was, he might be the writer, but I thought he was the artist, but um, yeah, I have to try to see if I can find a Three Floyds comic book. I wonder if it's an actually, like an actual tangible paper comic book or if it's digital. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll search it out and find, and find it for ourselves. I, I can, I, I can be a bit of a geek myself. All right. Well, that is what I had for the history of three Floyds and some interesting information about them. I didn't want to get too long. We did speak quite a, you know, quite a long time uh, getting to know this brewery. Uh, I would love to hear some of your experiences out there that, uh, you know, if, if, if you have some stories of visiting three Floyds or of a beer or any, anything that you'd like to share with us, uh, you know, send us a voicemail, send us an email or, you know, tweet us, whatever you want. I'd love to hear some feedback, get that in the show. Uh, because, yeah, Three Floyds has been around for a long time. I'm sure there's lots of listeners out there that, that have a story to tell. Yeah, we're back and we're ready to do a live Tasty Notes segment. And as I already mentioned, this Tasty Notes segment is going to be a Three Floyds brewing beer. And this is called Wuck Finter, a barrel aged stout brewed with lactose. Now, yeah, there you go. Yeah, we we can show our beer. Of course, I got to be able to and see my, my camera. I always right. love their cap. Their cap is always really cool. I do like that. <laughs> but yeah, this is a uh, so you can see it's a W C K F I N T E R. Basically, winter sucks. Basically, 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's one way to that's look one at way it. to look at it. And I uh, and also William when he before when when he told us he was sending these beers, he said, "Hey, I've got a variety of beers I'm sending you, but here's one special one. I'm going to send um, an email that describes what this beer is all about uh, to you guys in a separate email." So he did. So I wanted to read what they how they described this beer. So in late 2019. A small collection of Ray's employees, and Ray's is a Ray's wine and spirits, and I think it's a. It's right here on the bottle. Yeah, and and I I don't know if it's just a like a liquor store or if it's a a spot that 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 makes wine and spirits. I don't know. William can fill us in on the details on that, but mm. uh, they delivered a spent Ray's proprietary Joseph Magnus bourbon barrel to Munster, Indiana, home of Three Floyds Brewing Company, head brewer Chris. Uh, Bogus and his team chose to fill the barrel with their Imperial Milk Stout and laid the barrel down for the following year. What resulted is liquid gold with a bouquet of tantalizing barrel character. When this Vukfinter stout hits your tongue, you experience just enough sweetness from the lactose sugar to soften the whiskey influence, providing a balanced 11.1% ABV gem that becomes more intriguing after each sip. Only 202 bottles, and these bottles are 500 milliliters. These are and these are awesome little stubby, mm-hmm. little stubby, stubby bottles. bottles. I love this bottle; it's going to be a great addition to my bottle collection. Uh, we're produced 202, and Chris and I each have one. To talk yeah, about. that means there's there's only 200 <laughs> there's other only ones 200. out there for the rest of you there's guys. There's only 200 other bottles out there that people are going to be able to enjoy. So I it feel so good. I feel so lucky and so I don't know. It it makes me feel good that uh, William went above and beyond to allow us to to have a special beer, and he knows that I love winter warmers, and I think this is kind of a winter warmer type style. Maybe we'll see. We'll we'll find out. All right, Chris. So I heard you already opened yours, huh? I did. Yeah, I got. I got really antsy. This uh, guys, this one's clocking in at eleven point one percent. If you look at it on Untapped, it's four point one four rating, kind of overall. And it says on the side of the bottle, "Forged in an unholy union of howling wind and the darkest night, brought wow. on to brought on to Tosa, a curse that cannot be broken." It has no name, but you can hear the townsfolk worriedly whisper, Wuck Finter. <laughs> well, I'm smelling just the... It smells really good. Yeah, It smells really good. All right, so we're taking hits off of the little small thing. Let's pour this into a glass. Okay, what's nice is it's, it's not super thick like motor oil, uh-uh. which is good, but it does have um, a it- very, very dark chocolate head on it. Wow. I almost like, I almost filled this. I almost got the whole bottle. Well, I got the whole bottle into my B cup. Yeah, I think you probably <laughs> would have that head is, uh, you got a good head. Super chocolatey. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I would have poured mine more aggressively like you did, because I, I would love to see that head, but yeah, the, the head is milk chocolate Brown. I mean, I love having that dark, that dark head like that. And, and it's bubbling fast too. Yeah, the beer is dark. You cannot see through it. There's no light that comes through it, but it's not thick and heavy like you would expect Mm-mm. from other type of uh, heavy stouts. 
The head's okay. So the head's pretty much gone on mine now. Yeah, my, yeah. My, you can see mine's gone completely, but I poured mine pretty light. Cool. So you got you have a little bit of uh, of chocolate uh, hinting in there with uh, with the with the whiskey settling right on top mm-hmm. of that chocolate. So like a, it's like a chocolate undertones with a whiskey um, character to it as well. My glass is too full to actually take a really good smell out of it. Yeah, so, I know. I'm know, afraid to. Just, I'm afraid I'm going to spill. It. I don't want to waste a drop of this it. thing. I got it in my beard. <laughs> Me too. Oh, wait. I don't have a beard anymore. Hmm. Okay. Let's take a sip. I'm I'm dying to try this thing. Mm. So the mouthfeel is actually, it's deceiving because it actually like feels medium. thicker. Then it looks when I poured it in. When I poured it in, it looked like it was going to be thinner. But wow, the mouthfeel, that lactose sugar definitely adds some uh, viscosity to it. Not motor oil like, but definitely more <clears throat> than I was expecting. Wow, that's a, this is a very unique flavored Imperial Milk Stout. So this one goes really, it goes a little on the sweet side, at least, at least for me, it goes a little on the sweet side. And then you get kind of that that whiskey flavor, mm-hmm. that uh, you know, that spirit, mm-hmm. and then you get the roastiness from the from the stout at the end. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. Um, right up front, I do get a, a a sense of sweetness right, right up front, but um, you you definitely get that sweetness. It carries in that sweetness carries into that whiskey spirits, which I I think my favorite. Uh, dispels like I'd rather have a whiskey, like a rye whiskey or a whiskey. Ooh, excuse me, a whiskey barreled um, beer versus a bourbon barrel because I just love the flavors that whiskey bring. You know, bring you know, uh, complements the uh, the flavor of the stouts and stuff. And there's a, and again, like you said, Chris, as it goes to to the end, the finish, you start to get some of those roasty notes and the chocolate, the chocolate character mm-hmm. uh, in in the uh, in a finish in the back of your tongue. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's almost like, um, it's almost like a, just like cocoa, cocoa roast roasted, but like almost, um, like a zero, zero, like all cocoa chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's very cocoa, cocoa nib ish. Or cocoa powderish. You're right. It, it, you get that. Uh, it's not like milk chocolate or dark chocolate. It's like uh, like powdered cocoa. You're right. It's got that uh, almost like if I was taking a a cocoa bean and um, you know making it into a, a, a covering on top of a, like a coffee drink or something. Right. It's like it kind of has that type of uh, um, flavor to it. Well, this is a great beer. I'm uh I'm really enjoying this. And it's way heavier than I thought it was going to be, but it's not mm-hmm. it's not boozy. It's 11.1%. It's got lactose in it. And I was afraid it was going to be a, a bit on the sweet side where I'm going to be like boozed out, but uh I I I'm not getting boozed out. Are you getting boozed out? No. I mean it's it's there for you know a second or two. Mm-hmm. And what I've been finding too, is that, you know, when you first taste it, you get that, that sweetness, the chocolate, then it goes into that, that, that whiskey almost, uh, you know, that distilled spirit mm-hmm. and it goes roasty. 
and as I'm just letting kind of my palate clear off, it I almost get like milk chocolate now. Maybe maybe some milk chocolate. I I'm starting to feel like I'm getting um or like a lighter dark chocolate. Maybe some milk. Yeah, maybe you're right. Definitely some it's definitely in the maybe maybe even the cocoa hot cocoa mix mm-hmm. thing. Well, I mean, with a name like Wuck Finter, I mean, it's got to be it's got to be like hot cocoa. Kind I, of I do love a bottle. Yeah, I do. Too. I love the fact that I don't know what this thing is. It's walking down the street, but it seems like it's ominous, right? <laughs> yeah. They got got Ray's wine and spirits there. And then three Floyd's logo. Yeah. Barrel aged stout brewed with lactose. I'll tell you what, uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying this, but this is a, mm-hmm. this is a beer you, you have to sip. This is not one in a guzzle. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you shotgun this thing. With this, one. <laughs> this is a beer that I challenge accept. This is a beer that in reality, maybe we should have split it half and half with a friend with us. We should have had a friend with us and shared it because this is a big beer. Well, I'm no quitter. I'm not going to quit. No, no, no. So. I'm going to enjoy this thing. <sighs> but I, I appreciate the fact, Chris, that you and I get to experience this at the same time together while we're recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really do appreciate that. And I'm. this is a beer that I would never in a million years would have thought I would have an opportunity to uh, to get a hold of. And we did. So it was very, mm-hmm. very nice. Yeah, I definitely appreciate the fact. Like I said, we I think we've said that uh, pretty much every episode. The fact that you and I can just get the chance to drink the exact mm-hmm. same beers and still be so far away. Yeah. Wow, I'm really I'm I'm. It's hard for me to put a a tag on this beer as far as a rating. I'm trying to. Uh, for one thing, it's. It is very unique for the style. Mm-hmm. Um, milk stout is not my favorite style. Imperial milk stout scares the hell out of me. Barrel-aged imperial milk stout scares me. But I'll tell mm-hmm. you what, this beer really works. And if, if I were to follow through on my rating style where I rate it by style and of the best beers in the style that I've had, I'd have to rate this as one of the best milk stout, imperial milk stouts I've ever had. Um, and I'm just, uh, I'm going to have to hold off on my rating. It's high. I don't know. I don't want to go right off to five because that's going over the top. I want to hold off and, and, and enjoy this a little bit and, and come over the rating. But this beer is, for me, a, at least a four and a half. And uh, it it could move up even higher as we go. What do you? What about you, well, Chris? What do you? How is this sitting on uh, with you? So uh, we'll see how it kind of goes too. Uh, I'm, um, I'm definitely sitting at four point two five, okay. if not higher, right now. I'm really curious to see how it progresses as it starts to warm up too. So I took mine out early, so mm-hmm. mine's right at the perfect temperature. I think it's probably right around fifty three degrees 50 that's pretty specific denny <laughs> i have a i have a pretty calibrated 
mouth that can taste uh, temperature. <laughs> that's why. So I think that's why, that's why we like yeah, you. Yeah. So I think I think this is right at the temperature you want to drink it, and um, even as it warms up, some of the sweetness and the whiskey. I mean, what what I appreciate about this is I don't get any tannin character. Mm-mm. And mm-hmm. that would have turned me off right away if I would have got barrel tannin character out of it because they used one barrel for this beer, right? Yeah. They had one whiskey barrel. Actually, it was a bourbon. Actually, you know what? It They said it was a bourbon barrel, but this is not bourbon oh. flavoring. And then, well, it just says barrel aged on the yeah, outside but in of the, the bottle. In the note, it said the proprietary Joseph Magnus bourbon barrel so they use a bourbon barrel, but this does not taste like bourbon. It tastes like a whiskey. They did a hell of a job blending. Yeah. So maybe that's it. But they only made, again, 500 milliliters, 202 bottles. So they, I mean, how how does that add up to one barrel? 33, 33 gallons. What, is it 30? Does that, is that one barrel or is it more than one barrel? Because they must have <sighs> blended this with something else, right? Because there's, there's no tannin character, which is fantastic. I hate. I'll tell you what. My pet peeve is when I get tannin sourness in my in my barrel aged beers. I just get turned off right away. I don't get that. Is here. it? Isn't it a barrel? Thir, is it thirty gallons or is it thirty? How yeah, we'll call it's it thirty three gallons. Is it thirty three? Yeah. So if that was a case, then. Then that would be <laughs> almost 125,000 milliliters. <laughs> is that right? Divided by, and this is a 500 milliliter 500 bottle. Milliliter, yeah. Yeah. Well, 125,000 divided make sense. by 500. <laughs> 202. There's 202 bottles. Two, so it brings up 250. Oh. So you'd. You're gonna lose some. Yeah, you'll lose some. So maybe it is just from a single non-blended, or maybe they huh. maybe they put half the, half of it in the barrel and half of it not. I can't imagine them doing this beer without blending because this is this is really good. If if they did this all in one barrel with without doing any blending, it's superb. Mm. Because I don't, I haven't tasted very many beers that come out of a single barrel with no blending that don't have some kind of flaw in them. All right. Well, I could carry on for hours talking about this beer, but this is a great beer. Um, I'm hoping that maybe this will be something that comes back again. And if it does, and if it comes back in bigger quantities, I recommend all of our listeners go and try to find a bottle if you can, because this is a fantastic beer. Um, Not too sweet. Not too much barrel character or just, or uh, actually there's almost no barrel as far as woodiness to it, which I appreciate. No tannins. Mm-hmm. Um, the the whiskey or bourbon, it says bourbon, but I'm not getting vanilla character out of this. I'm getting whiskey character. Um, it is uh, not over the top, not too sweet, has a nice roastiness and... Um, What was that rosiness and something else? I lost my train of thought. Obviously, this 11.1 is starting to affect me, maybe. Maybe it's the other two beers. 
But uh, yeah, this is a great beer. So go out and get it. Thank you, William. We really appreciate it. All right, Chris, let's move on. While we sip, we're gonna we're gonna continue sipping this beer as we finish the show. Don't worry, it will not go to waste. But let's talk about our new and noteworthy beers. Did you have anything new and noteworthy in the last week that you like to talk about? <laughs> I did. Uh, so Sunday was a lovely just beer exploration day for me. Um, on Saturday after I got off, actually Friday after I, I had a big gap in between appointments. And uh, I saw that Berry House, the folks who put out this beer mm-hmm. that, with the German Shepherd on it, also put out a beer called Good Boy, B-O-I. <laughs> okay, oh. so the in their, in their Crispy Boys, or what do they call it? Uh, yeah, their Crispy Boy Summer Series. Um, so this German Shepherd was can one of three. I'm not going to point it out, but it was can one of three. And there was another one. Um, just called Good Boy D.O.G., which uh, was a Czech-style Pilsner. Okay. Um, and I saw it pop up on Facebook, and they were like, oh, we're releasing this beer today. And I went, look, it's dog-related. Let's go get it just for the hell of it. Um, had a cool conversation with uh, the lady working behind the bar, Katie. Um, she was she was really helpful and told me all about the beers, and sadly, you know, I'd, I'd forgotten <laughs> Um, but guys, if you want to know anything about Berry House, you can check out our interview with, uh, June Bay, one of the owners of Berry House, what we recorded with the fermented reality beer cast. Um, but they are a lager only brewery and man, I, Denny, I lager beers right now, especially in Florida Mm -hmm. have been absolutely just hitting the spot. So this this good boy DOG, I gave it a four cap rating. Uh, the details, sadly, are not right here at the tip of my f- tongue. So, um, but I gave it a four cap rating. Just really enjoyable sitting out by the pool. Oh, actually, I had a second one of these after we planted two mango trees yesterday, which was damn, it was hot yesterday. <laughs> um, and the second beer that I had was from Magnanimous Brewing, which lovingly enough is five minutes down the road from Barry house. Nice. Magnanimous. Um, we've talked about them before a little bit, whether it's here or whether it's on the fermented reality beer cast, uh, their juice Lord, which was a Imperial IPA. Either way, I gave it 4.25 caps for this beer. Took the first, just, I've never had this one before. Cracked it open, took a swig of it. And it was super just, orange and mango Mm. just tropical just almost a little sweet and then then the hops kicked in uh, and i gave it 4.25 granted delicious beer uh the only thing that got me was after about half the can i started getting some really good hop burn oh no which man those first couple of sips were just heaven but then I started getting that hop burn and it was kind of you know so so it it came when it started warming up it started producing yeah yeah yeah. but still i still went and opened a second can so i was so it was good (laughs) so it wasn't that bad then no it wasn't something no and it's one of those beers um i i remember when i first started seeing it pop up on their on their social media and stuff you know you'd you'd go in there and get it and you'd go to try to get it and it was gone Mm -hmm. and they just they'd sell out of it pretty quickly so uh, whether the demand for it has slowed down or I just got lucky because I went in there to pick up some some beers that I ordered on the 
Osner app, O Z N R. <laughs> Is that something? Osner? Yeah. Uh, Osner's pretty cool. So I, now I don't you have another app that you're ordering beers on. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, so it's not like Tavor. <laughs> okay. Okay. And I'm going to call it Osner just to, you know, keep it simple. But, you know, when uh, Angry Chair or whether Cigar City or Magnanimous or local oh. breweries around Hidden Springs, when they have a release coming up, I think this all came about just because of COVID. They were like, hey, you know what? We don't want people waiting in line yeah. anymore. Yeah. We want people to social distance. So what happens is, is I get a notification hey, this offer's going live here in five minutes or a half hour or whatever it is. And as soon as it goes live, if you get in there and get your stuff and hit submit, okay, you can come pick up your beer starting on this date from this time okay. to this date at this time. And you just walk in and go get your stuff. Okay. I like that. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So those were my two beers, the Magnanus Brewing Juice Lord and the Berry House Beer Company Good Boy, D-O-G. And Denny, what about you? What was on your new and noteworthy list this week? So I have two new noteworthy beers. I've drank a lot of beers, but only two that I want to talk about noteworthy. First off, I've talked about this brewery and this beer in previous years a few times. It's Fremont Brewing. They're out of Seattle, Washington. It's their Rusty Nail 2021 version. Mm. And this is an, a, a, a double imperial stout. And uh, it's a it's a yearly release that is always fantastic. Now, I I, I want to talk. About, <laughs> this is a beer that that every year that I have it, it's fantastic. It's never let me down. But there's another beer that rare that never or rarely lets me down, and that's the Black Butte Imperial Anniversary beer. Mm-hmm. And this year's version came out already. I saw that uh, Tom Byrne, our listener. Uh, here in the local area had had checked into it. And I was like, hey, is that already out? They're already releasing that this year? He says, yeah, I got it to co-op. So I went to the co-op the next day and I picked up a four-pack of the of the of this year's version of the Black Butte Anniversary L. This one was made with, is made with maple and maple syrup. And, and mm. I'm, I've had very bad luck with beers that are made with maple syrup. So I I I, has, I I tend to not get those beers, but because this is a beer that I love year on year in and year out, I decided to go ahead and get it. Yep. This is one of the few years that disappointed me, but I have a four pack. I gave one, I drank one, fresh, and I gave it a low rating. Mm. I might have even given it below. Th- I don't remember if I gave it below three or not. Oh. <laughs> It is not a good beer to drink fresh. It's too harsh. It's got, it just, the flavor is just not there. I'm hoping that if I give it a year and I drink it this mm-hmm. time next year, that it'll, it'll mature and become a better beer. I gave one of them to my buddy, Alex Fuchs, who came into town this week and we had a, a the, the, he's the one that brought me this Fremont rusty nail. He was here in town and saw I hadn't had it yet, bought a bottle and we drank it on Saturday night. Um, five five cap rating for this beer for Fremont Brewing's Rusty Nail twenty twenty one. So excited! Yeah, I have that in my fridge. You have it in the fridge. This I beer, do. you can't drink it alone. It is a big beer. Don't you? Don't don't. You can. You me. can. <laughs> you just won't remember it. I want you to remember it I and know. enjoy it. Um, this beer is always fantastic, and this year's version, fresh, incredible. It's really good. Mm. 
So I, what I wrote here is uh, thank you to my friend Alex Fuchs for bringing this beer to share. Absolutely amazing beer. So smooth, thick, and rich. Never disappoints. Five cap rating. Mm. Um, if you are a visitor of Tavor and you can see these beers come up on Tavor and pay the price for them, mm. they're worth it. Now, that's the question. Do you know what the bottle cost? The bottle typically costs $20, I think. For Rusty Nail? I didn't buy this year, so I don't know. <laughs> what 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 did you pay for it, Chris? I don't I don't want to talk about it. Maybe it's 30 it might be $30, but I think I think for previous years I might you know what maybe it might be $28 local like here in Boise area, but I know what you at one point you had had a uh uh, a price for like like thirty six or something like that, right? Thirty five, thirty six. I want to say I paid like thirty two or thirty three yeah. for it. So I think here we can get it for. I, I hope Alex. I mean, I think twenty seven, twenty eight dollars. Prices have gone up since the pandemic, mm-hmm. so the beer prices aren't the same as they were before. It might be twenty some dollars. I I have. So if you can find it at your uh, local Total Wine and More, they list it for twenty two ninety nine. Okay, so I think that's closer to what it is. It's like twenty five, twenty, twenty two to twenty five dollars is probably what I think twenty five dollars is probably the price that we pay here. Now I'm curious to know what I paid for it, but you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm going to enjoy. No, you're going to enjoy it. And, uh, it will not disappoint. This beer, uh, year in and year out, is always good. This and the last nail is another bottle that's fantastic. Both those beers are great. The last nail might be the one I paid more for. I, I can't remember prices, but I know they are they are a bit steep. But uh, fantastic beer. So that, that was my big beer, five cap rating. And then, again, my buddy Alex Fuchs was in town. Uh, we spent Friday night together, and we spent Saturday together uh, visiting breweries. I finally made it to a brewery that opened a couple years ago in Nampa, Idaho, which is about 14 miles from where I'm at. It's not, when I say 14 miles, it doesn't feel like it's that far away because it's only 14 miles, but it takes a good 30 minutes, 30, 35 minutes to get out there. Right. It's, it's, and it's, it's always fighting traffic. And I just don't, if I go there, it has to be a weekend. And because Alex was in town and we wanted to go visit a brewery we haven't been to, and he hadn't been there either, that we decided to go make the trek out there, and we went to visit two uh, family, or two C family brewing in Nampa, and uh, they have a nice little spot in downtown Eleventh Street or First Street downtown Nampa. Uh, love the the venue, very nice venue. They had probably ten beers on tap, and what I appreciated about their tap list, very diverse, and there was only one IPA on it. It was a session IPA. So if you, in this day and age, if you see that there's no IPAs except for a session IPA on there and everything else is either a lager or a golden ale or a Belgian quad barrel age or a Belgian triple barrel age, I mean, it had all these different styles. And the beer of the – I had a, a flight of four and then I had a, uh, a, a, pint, a, a pint of of beer. And the one that I had a pint of, um, was the taste I had of Sarah. Sarah, so keep in mind, my my wife doesn't like lagers at all. She wants hoppy, piney IPAs, and even some hazy IPAs she's okay, or she wants big, dark stouts. That's what she likes. 
if it's anything malty, she doesn't want it. She wants those two things. And they didn't have a stout or a IPA. They had a such an IPA, she wasn't into it. So she got the Doppelbach. And mm. so she got a pint of that, and I tasted it. I'm like, and she's like, well, this is really good. I say, honey, you know it's a lager, right? You don't like lagers. No, I like this lager, she said. So I took a sip of it. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a good Doppelbach. So my second beer is from 2C Family Brewing, the Pontifac... Uh, Pontif- <laughs> Got that? Pontificator. <laughs> there, I said it. Doppelbach. Pontificator? <laughs> the, yeah. Uh, and what I, wrote, what I wrote on this is, uh, this is a really good Doppelbach, caramel malt with not too much sweetness. That's the key, right? This is like an eight plus percent beer. And when you have Doppelbox, the hardest thing about Doppelbox is the fact that when they raise that alcohol level, the sweetness increases and your that booziness is like strong. And this did not have that booziness. 8% beer, no booziness, nice caramel, malty character, you know, flavor in there. Um, easy drinking, 4.25 cap rating in my book. So um, really enjoyed that one. And I actually got my wife to drink a lager. And that's yeah. that's even more amazing is that I got that to happen. So I didn't have I don't I don't believe I have that rusty nail. I have uh order to go brew brew uh brew five thousand. Oh wow, I don't have that one. Okay. So so, so I, that's I their anniversary. That, that's like one of their anniversary. It's not a, a yearly anniversary, but that's the barrel um the barley, the barrel aged barley. Yeah, barley. and and those are expensive so i didn't get a chance to get that 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 didn't actually come here to as far as i know it didn't come to boise so you got lucky you got that one and you probably paid 36 bucks for it 27.99 nice nice so you don't have a rusty nail um i dress so i got a rusty nail last year okay i had that one um there's i have that one i so i have the the brew 5000 and then there, I have a 2016 barrel aged Dark Star that I okay. uh, that I have in the fridge no, too. No, the Dark so. Stars are fantastic. I, oh, I love, I love the Dark Stars, even just the regular. Well, oh, yeah, the regular ones great, but the barrel aged, the the special ones are really good too. It's the B bombs that you have to be hit or miss, and this year's B bombs really good. And then um, I think I mentioned in one of the shows that that my uh, my wife got me a, a one that was a few years old. And it was still really good too. Um, yeah, I'm curious about this one because this is 2016, so it's five years old. So, well, drink it. Don't let it sit too much longer. That's <laughs> I, I gotta share it with somebody. <laughs> well, come on to Boise, bring it with you. I'll drink it with you. <laughs> All right, Chris. Guess what? We're getting long in the tooth. Let's get this show wrapped up. Before we do that, we always want to give a chance to give a toast out to someone special. So who would you like to give a toast out tonight? Cheers. <laughs> no, um, so uh, I'd love to raise my glass to, um, want to raise our glass to our staff at work right now. Um, we are not only super, super busy, mm. which is a blessing and a curse all at the same time. Uh, but we definitely have some very difficult dogs right now, oh, too. Wow. So um, this uh, is very welcome right now. <laughs> um, plus, we're trying to hire people. So You're still hiring uh, people. Yeah. Well, you know, nobody wants to work. That's so. true. That's true. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. But um, yeah, so just raise our glass to our staff. They've been busting their ass and uh, putting some very long hours. Myself, Megan, Tina included, uh, just working stupid long hours. And we're going to turn around and do it again tomorrow. Okay. So, uh, cheers to everybody there at Sit Means Sit Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. And Denny, who would you like to raise a glass to? All right. First, I'll do our Patreon toast. That Patreon toast goes to Mr. Tom Byrne. I mentioned him earlier. Uh, one of our uh, local listeners here in the Boise area. Uh, I need to get together with Tom. Now that COVID is over, quote. Over. <laughs> I need to get together. Drink some beer. Try his barley wine. Tom, barley wine. Remember? Barley wine. Barley wine, Tom. Yes. Don't, don't forget. Um, I have to give him one of my just shoots the ages, uh, you know, uh, bottles of beer that I'm going to send you as well, Chris. Um, but yeah, cheers to you, Tom. Thank you for being a Patreon supporter. We really appreciate it. And of course I love drinking with you. So let's go out and drink. And of course my buddy, Alex Fuchs, I already mentioned him, came into town unexpectedly, uh, was here for a week. He was busy with work. But we did get to spend Friday night together and Saturday uh, almost the entire day and, and evening uh, together drinking beer. Uh, not only did we go out and visit uh, 2C Family Brewing, we went to the Mother Earth Brewery for the first time to actually go to the, the manufacturing facility. Uh, quite, a, quite a facility out there. It really is nice. Yeah. I'm looking forward to them opening their, uh, their brew pub and, and brewery uh, also in Boise, downtown Boise, here in the, in the next month or so. And I'll be visiting that place all the time because I love their beer. Uh, but that was nice. That the I will say the server, the the beer tender on the side at Mother Earth, um, fantastic. She did a great job. Very, you know, I don't know, inter- interactive and enjoyed having people there and, and chatting with them and giving them um, good beer. And of course, the the also the beer tender that was at Family Two C or 2C Family Brewing was fantastic. So he he and I chatted a little bit. I I told him how I was really impressed with the diverse um, uh, tap list he had. And and I, I, I kind of gave some constructive criticism against some of the beers that I had. There was a couple that, um, you know, that, that I thought were a little bit off. But uh, for the most part, I thought they had really good, their lagers were really good. I really enjoyed their lighter ales. So that was good. So yeah, raised my glass to my buddy Alex and, uh, I had other people to raise my glass to, but you know what? I forgot. Cheers to you, Chris, um, and to my daughter, Haley, right? We're recording a week early because um, my daughter will be in surgery next Monday, and uh, I won't be available to record. So I, Chris was gracious enough to record a week early so we can have a show that will release on time, and hopefully everything turns out well with my daughter's surgery and Cheers to to that. Well, not only that, and her new puppy. Mm, I'm not cheers <laughs> in that. That's just one more headache that I have to deal with while mm. she's recovering. That's that's not a good thing. <laughs> and also, being a former serviceman, I want to raise my glass and thank all those who have served and are currently serving the U.S. military services, protecting our freedoms. And I'm starting to slur my words. So cheers to you. Come back safely to your family very soon. And Chris... Please relieve me of my speaking and give a toast to our sponsors. I got you, Denny. At the forefront of the craft beer movement, Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. 
Never too trendy, always comfortable, and offering affordable quality, they screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Visit their online store at brewershirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTHECRAFT2020 to receive 15% off full-priced items. And you can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned on the show in the show notes located on the show post at tapthecraft.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at loose screw. And Chris, how can our listeners follow you? You can never follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie. It's just like drinking Eagle. That never gets old. <laughs> uh, or you can find me on untapped and Instagram at MCK one, three, four, five. And guys, make sure you go follow us and subscribe on all things social at tap the craft. All right. It is last call and it's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. We ask you to please tell a friend and of course, subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers.